<laughs> sounds really nice. How good is it? Um, it's pretty good. Okay. I mean, no, it's great. Uh, <laughs> if I'm a little loud, please let me know. Wait, okay. does she, does she go, what, how does Wait, I, I wish I could do it. It's like, it's. Wait. No, it's No, not. you're right. It's like, yeah. a, it's a. It's like a. No, but, yeah, it's like uh, a. But it's not. It's yeah, it's almost inward, a smack. not yeah. an outward. Yeah, exactly, but it's hard exactly. To, I don't know. I can't do it. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I love your I love your hand gestures. Well, this is fail. I can't do it. I wish. Yeah, it's it's a part of it is the performance it's, of it. You gotta be able to. Yeah, oh, it's her eyes. It's her eyes. That's pretty good. Yes. What, wait, what yes. was the read on Alyssa that was like? It, it was something about Back she rolls. can never she can never <laughs> oh. tuck a pillow under her chin. Oh no! It was yeah. Who was it? Who said it about her? It was on one of the recent episodes of Drag Race, but they said that she can't. That Alyssa can't put pillowcases on her pillows because... <laughs> she doesn't have a chin to She rest. can't hold it <laughs> I need your name. I need your telephone number. I need your address. I need your FICA score. <laughs> she does have an overbite. She does. Yeah. She's but also the like, most beautiful woman I'll never be. How is... What is... You know, okay, I think one of the reasons that the three of us love Alyssa so much is our Southern heritage. Oh, absolutely. So. We understand the way she speaks and talks in her in the culture. But she's oddly she from enough, Texas? She's from Texas. She's from Texas. Oddly enough, though, I don't feel that sort of kinship with the other Southern queens, and I feel like there have been a number of them. There, there That's probably true. Have Who are some of the other Southern Kennedy. queens? Kennedy. Oh, Kennedy. And, um, oh, my God. Wasn't Jasmine from the South as well? Uh, oh, oh yeah, Jasmine yeah. is from the south. I mean, I, I I will say that Kennedy really grew on me. I agree. Are you feeling a little more tootie, a little more fruity, a little more tootie, baby? <laughs> Shut up. I think she I think she showed a level of professional. I mean, she condoned herself <laughs> professionally. She walked away into my uh, to my. My I mean, would, would it be safe to say that the word condone just absolutely destroyed her? Like, yes. I feel like, had it not been for the misuse of that word, she may have been in this in a series contender. I'm a person who cannot handle people misspeaking or using bad grammar, poor grammar, or misspelling things or using punctuation incorrectly. However... Yeah. For some reason, the misuse of condone charmed me in the way that people doing impressions of Mike Tyson charm me. Yeah. Like where, you know, he's like, that I was in I was incarcerated. Yeah. And, but like so he uses that word correctly, but like he overuses it and then he uses other multi-syllabic words in just the all the wrong ways. And for yes. some reason when it's that bad, it makes me laugh. I'm many things, you know, I'm many things. Yeah, I'm a convicted rapist. I'm 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 a I'm a hellraiser, I'm a father, a loving father, I'm a I'm a, you know I'm a semi good husband. Yeah, I'm a pretty much of a tyrant titan. Yeah, that's who I am. Yes, um, I get that. You know, I get uh, that. but you know you but trust me, I don't want to sound so rigid. I'm really flase da. <laughs> right, right. Really <laughs> <laughs> um, hey everybody. Welcome to Carry On, the Sex in the City podcast. Season three. Let's get sickening. <laughs> death, death drop. <laughs> yes, Arvon just did a death drop. I did. Um, I would like to welcome you all to season three of Carry On yeah. and season three of Sex in the City. Yeah. When we first started the podcast, we often would mention like season one itis. When a show is new, 
you know, they're finding their footing. Alan uh, can't watch it. It's He's really, I have a hard time watching season one. Season one is rough. Shows. It's because they address the camera directly. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the. It's really bad. Yeah. The they only do it much longer than you think they do, too. Absolutely. All the way into season two. The only time I think it worked was when they were talking about New York real estate, and that guy mm-hmm. turned the camera and was like, I would have broken up with my girlfriend ages ago, but like we have a great one bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> I was there like, were absolutely. Times when it was funny, but, but they were the exception. Yes. By the way, that's how I feel about this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but Kat yeah, and I bedrooms. would have ended it a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> but, um, but I'm Kat. I'm Kat Kniepe, your, your co-host. Yes, uh, I'm Alec Wells, a.k.a. The White Nightmare. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Are you that the- was from this episode. <laughs> 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 I forget what the joke... And, and please, introduce yourself, our our fine new guest. I am honored to be here. My name is Arvand. Arvand, it's just so... Just one name. One it's, name. So, it's just one name. Just I one, sell it. Share. I think That's we should be my sell drag it as Arvand. Um, Arvand, it's so lovely having you here. I'm so glad that you could join us this evening, yeah. especially for this very special episode. I want to have you do something that we always have our first-timers do, which is explain to us your... If you have any first impressions of Sex and the City, the first, I don't know when you first saw the show. I don't know, I don't know how either. much you've seen the show. I have no show. idea. I don't know how well you know it. I don't know who your favorite girl is. Are you a Carrie? Are you a Charlotte? You have to spill the tea. Arvand, yeah. take us oh on a little gosh. journey. Take us on a journey on, on on your your experiences with this show. I have to say, I was always a Charlotte growing up. Oh, go, oh, go, go really? I really go was. On, go uh, I was. I was. I because I always grew up with. You know, I was I was an immigrant to the United States. Oh, from where? Tell me. From I was born abroad in France, ooh. but my parents were from oh, Iran. France? Yeah, from oh, Iran. We oh. yes. And so I always, my whole thing growing up was assimilate as quickly oh. and as effectively as possible. Uh-huh. Oh and for boy. me, Charlotte represented assimilation yeah. into... She plays by the rules. Yeah, absolutely. She, she looks to the rules. Yes. She, she needs them. She looks on point. She speaks on point. Like, everything about her is just like, she, you know, down the middle. And right. And that's always what I wanted to do. Well, Arvanda, I have to say, if you're trying to assimilate, you're doing a terrible job because everybody in the USA wants to be a Carrie. It's true. So you're really getting <laughs> it wrong. I'm so charmed by you saying that. Yeah. I can't, I love it. Because, you know, in Charlotte, there is comfort and security and, you know, you, you, if you, well, she, she does in. She's you know, uniquely all American. I mean, she's very, like, um, put together she's and sorority. And Crew and, 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 yeah. As much as she wants high, you know, sort of like luxury and luxury, is, she actually doesn't want much, right? Yeah. She just wants, she wants a few things, which mm-hmm. is, uh. Great classic six on the upper east side. Yes. A house somewhere east of Quag. Yes. Is that how you pronounce it? I have no idea. You you sound like you know a lot more about New York City. I've studied this. Wow. A part of your assimilation. Exactly. (laughs) You learned every county of every city, I guess. Yes. Um, So part of me always rooted for her that she would find what she was looking for because I think of all the girls, she knew from the get go exactly what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that the others didn't. You know what's so nice, I think, about Charlotte's journey is that, to your point, she knew exactly what she wanted, but the man that she ended up with upended all of those expectations. Yes. That's so clever. I think what they what they really did well with was presenting her with the prototype of exactly what she'd always been looking for for years, and it all yeah. just was completely um, not what she actually... F- 
figured out she wanted. Right. And I feel like, it, you know, if I can just summarize your life story as well. <laughs> Please. It's that you came in to this world wanting to assimilate, but what you found is everyone who's American doesn't want to be American. So it all rounded out just fine in the end. Who doesn't want to be American? I mean, I don't really want to be American. Well, I, don't I think want, intelligent like, people who have a perspective realizes that the rest of the world doesn't think America is as great as America thinks America is. But I think most, I think a lot of Americans, maybe most Americans, are very proud to be American. I mean, where we listen, come from, where where all three of us come from, which yes. is the American South. Yes, yes. everybody up in nerve yes. want to be American. Uh, they don't like foreigners. And listen, I love America, legitimately, unironically. Yeah, I do. So do I. But um, I do feel like American culture, in so many ways just takes so much from other cultures. I mean, then that's what makes it fun. Because it's such too. a new country. So it makes yeah. it American. I think, yeah. like, when you think about heritage, national heritage, I think pretty much everywhere else in the world has a much mm-hmm. longer history of developing national heritage. And America yes. is very young. Yeah, we just came in and raped and pillaged and gave the Native Americans syphilis and, you know. Yeah. Was that us, really? Yeah, we fucked it up. It was. Oh, I thought it was the Spanish. Well, was I mean, my, yes, but granddad. I just mean, I just mean <laughs> people who, who colonized here, yeah. who we all descend from. Each summer, we take this occasion to celebrate a seminal event in American history. This year, we depict perhaps the most important day in our shared past, the first Thanksgiving! A day for maize, the Native American word for corn, a terrific turkey dinner, and brotherhood. So, white meat and dark meat, take it away! Wait, but I've gotten us a little bit off track, but I want to know, you've already given yourself away by saying Classic Six on the Upper East Side, Mm -hmm. that you've seen this show more than a few times. I have. Do you remember the first time you saw? I don't. I don't remember the first time I saw. I can tell you the la- the what the night that the last episode aired. I was yes. a freshman in college, uh-huh. and I was outside of our dorm building, and girls were streaming out of the dorms in tears. Yes. Sobbing. Oh. Yes. Sobbing. Because mm-hmm. you know it was the end of an era. It yeah. Was, Really, for so much, for so many of us, the first real adult show that we had been a part of from beginning mm-hmm. to end. Yep. And it was truly the end of something that we had all grown up with in so in so many of our formative years. Yes. And I remember, I mean, I remember my friend Alex, who grew up, was born and raised in Manhattan, was just beside herself on oh. Yes. Um, I, I I remember that vividly. I remember that night well. I remember that. That year, Sex and the City and Friends were both going off the air at the same time. That was 2003? 2004. And and they have similar series finale stories. Rachel Uh goes to Paris and Ross... Like chases after her. They uh-huh. they never actually make it to Paris. Uh-huh. HBO has a bigger budget. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> really? It allowed them no to way. Go. Well, you would think uh, I all that syndication money would have just. Well, plus that was must see TV, yeah. baby. That was like yeah. before everything went downhill. But um, yeah, I remember because I re- I remember like watching the sex. I guess the Sex in the City finale. I always think of it as January because it's like snowy where they are. But maybe it wasn't. 
Maybe it was more like April or May of I mean, 2004. I mean, I can look that up. I, I think know. it was springtime. But you remember that. You remember the moment that of, of watching the, of, it. Of the entire time I watched Sex and the City, that was, that's, the, that's the moment I remember most clearly. February and it wasn't even 22nd. Wow. Oh, February interesting. So it was still winter. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So did you feel satisfied? At the um, end of the film, I don't do remember, remember exactly how I felt about the episode in particular. Actually, yeah. I don't remember. But at all. you watched along the way. I did because I didn't. Yeah. Alec introduced me to sex. I mean, I understood it was in the realm of like the. I understood that it was a thing that existed and knew the tropes and the characters, in a very tertiary way. I didn't until Alec, when we were in college, was like, "You should watch this show," and then showed me the whole thing, and I became obsessed with it. All I remember is the aftermath of Sex and the City. I was actually speaking with a couple of classmates of mine from college. And it was these, you know, you know, I have Middle Eastern heritage. I was speaking with a bunch of guys who have Middle Eastern heritage. And one of them said, you know, Sex and the City has gotten ideas in women that they didn't have before. That Mm. all of a sudden now they feel like they can go out and have cosmopolitans and they Mm -hmm. have this whole like... Like, talk you know, about dicks. And talk about dicks and like, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think it's really indoctrinated women as a thinking and acting in a certain way. And I remember at the time being just completely shocked. This yes. Was, you know, America, Washington, D.C., the yes. year was 2005. And mm-hmm. I was hearing this from my contemporaries. Yeah. Yes. And at the same time, I think, did he have a point? You know, like Absol- in this, I think so, in this particular episode where she's walking down the street holding her head up high, saying she maxed out her credit cards, shopping at Jimmy Choo and Christian Dior. I'm like, how many women, how many men, in fact, Mm -hmm. how many people in general sort of saw this on the screen and said, you know what? If Carrie can do it, so can I. I'm going to go shopping. Well, okay. I, I have heard a lot of people say The Sopranos was the first show that started the golden age of television. Uh Uh, but I would argue that it was Sex in the City along with The Sopranos because Sex in the City, it it and people still reference Sex in the City today when they're talking about media, when they're talking about what kind of show they want to see on the air or a template that you want to use. You know what I think that is? Is because there are more relatable elements in Sex and the City than there are in The Sopranos. Yes. Sure. Each one of us loves somehow to sit at a brunch and talk about sex, mm-hmm. to have sex, to shop, mm-hmm. to, you know, to- all the things that those women do, we... We know we've been there. Yes. The Sopranos is something that actually we don't really touch ever. No. Mafia, murder, mm-hmm. like any of those things. Yes. Like how many of us go to therapy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for actually for so many people, I think it's a relatable thing. It's also an aspirational thing. Yes. There's not a Sopranos bus tour. No. There's New Jersey. Not. Yeah. But there's a Sex and the City tour. You yeah. know. Well, and and to what you were saying earlier about Charlotte and, and kind of relating to her. There's identity transference that happens Absolutely. on Sex and the City. Yeah. I'm Carrie. I'm Charlotte. Today I feel like a Samantha. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what's so great about that, and and to your point, is that what they talk about, what they do, the lives that they lead, we can find ways to relate to it, but we can't necessarily relate to Walter White. We can like really enjoy the story. That's being told in the roller coaster of emotion that's happening, but we can actually go to Magnolia yep. Bakery and yep. have one of the cupcakes, and we can bu- we can see Carrie's dress in an episode and go out and buy and it. And I think Absolutely. to your point, Armand, about um, about 
the the permission that women get from from these characters and the indoctrination to this culture and this lifestyle i think i mean as a woman who who okay women in general but especially a woman raised in the south mm-hmm. we are taught to sit with our legs together we are taught to not be too loud we are taught to not affect anyone negatively in any way because we're women and we're su- we're not supposed to be offensive we're not supposed to be we're not just spo- we're just not supposed to be too much right and I think it's it can, you know, I've heard so many people who, by the way, who absorb hours of television a week say like, oh, that's just TV or like these idiots lately who the whole the whole Caitlyn Jenner, you know, blowing us all completely off the face of the planet thing just happened as we're recording this. It just happened very recently. And, um, you know, the same people who post on Facebook you know, oh, uh, I can't believe nobody's talking about, like, the real stuff that's going on in the world. Like, what? Like, who who will criticize pop culture as not being important or figures of pop culture? But but something like Sex and the City can give ha- and has given these women an outlet to point at and go, like, I understand that journey. I, or I want to. Yeah. I, I can have permission to do that. I can Absolutely. be crazy. We can go get drunk and sleep with a, you know... <laughs> Well, funny because what you said about Southern women, that they're taught to be, I, I mean, don't let me put words in your mouth, but demure and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because I think culturally, when you look at women all across the country, it's Southern women that are generally the most powerful, yes. the loudest, the Designing most, women. Yes. When you, when you think, it goes back to the, to the heritage of, you know, um, Scarlett O'Hara. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it go mm-hmm. and up until designing women, and yeah. I mean, uh, and and up till now, and, and Paula Dean, and yeah. like you have all these like very forceful, impactful, um, larger than life Southern women. So I wonder what Maybe it's it is. Because they about have the, the most strictures placed on them to behave a certain way that that something's got to give and something blows. I'm not gonna say. I think it's the humidity. Oh, <laughs> what about the very serious allegation? <laughs> The very serious allegation of you using the N-word. Hot butter in aisle, Sam? Which N-word is she talking about? There's a whole bunch of N-words. Well, the bad one. Lot nutrition. Um, so actually let's 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 get into the episode. Okay. We, and we can we can tangent it up as we always do, but I want to set a little stage for us that we just finished watching, and we hope you did too, if you're listening to this. Season three, episode one, where there's smoke. Ellipses. Uh, it aired June fourth, two thousand. That's wow. guys. That was fifteen years ago. That fifteen. Uh, uh, that was half my life ago. Uh, 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 yes. That was wow. half my life ago. Yeah. Uh, it was directed and written by Michael Patrick King. Whoa, whoa. The King. And uh, and this episode finds. Let's see. We're, so we've left the girls at the end of uh, season two. Carrie just had her moment staring a horse in the eye. Right. And, you know, Big's getting married, Big. just to catch you up. Big's getting married. He's had his engagement party in the in the season finale of the last episode. You know, it's interesting to me, uh, if I can just go ahead and jump in mm-hmm. here a little bit, that um, we didn't see Chris Noth. In this episode, mm. um, only He's because off having a life with Natasha, They're you know, getting ready these, for their wedding. Well, let's remember that this is the the pre DVR pre TiVo days where these people actually went it's been months, months, months without watching the show, and you know, people have bad memories. People don't hold, you know, people who aren't pop culture whores like we are. Mm. 
Or just like, oh yeah, that show. That's that why back like. in the day, like it. when, or even even twenty years ago on shows, they could reuse actors throughout a, the course of a of a show as different characters. Is that you, true? Oh, oh it's yeah. happened. Do you think Law and Order did that? Oh, for Probably. sure. You yeah. know they ran. I've out of seen people examples of it. I can't cite any. X Files right is a perfect example oh, yeah? of it. They would reuse actors because there was a small pool in Vancouver when they first started shooting in the early nineties. And there was a character who actually became a main character eventually named Alex Krychek who played other characters early on. It happened a lot more in way earlier TV, like in the 50s and 60s, it happened a lot. And and by the way, it's funny we're talking about this because in this episode, there is a bit character who who in one way later episode ends up playing a bigger character. Wait, for a JJ, second. which one does he so, play? JJ he plays Mitchell. JJ so again, but he plays Mark like a... Gra- Mark Grapey? 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 With a Grapey. G. Um, Grapey. He, he play- in this episode, he was the guy who was hitting on Carrie and Charlotte at the bar right. before the White Knight came Sweet in. Lips. And, and, yeah. Sweet Lips. Sweet Lips. And yeah. he, he's hitting on them. In a later episode, season four, he is, he is a tabloid reporter that Samantha calls to talk about his column. Uh, in this scene that always really took me out of the show because it's like from a 1940s detective movie he's like hey hey what's the scoop you got there you got a scoop (laughs) (laughs) he's funny I like him but it is weird yes Uh, but yeah that was really strange to see it's like setting up some mythology that's really unneeded about this guy well it's almost like they just they use this guy for this one tiny character and then later when they needed to cast this J.J. Mitchell part they were like what about Guy. Well, it happens on TV something. shows all the time that like the the crew ends up liking an actor, and they're like, "Let's find something else for him because we really like yeah. him so much," kind sure. of thing. But um, okay, so we open we yeah. open in a very classic Sex in the City opening, which is always some little tome poem about New York City itself. New York City, home to one million exciting, eligible single men. And for cold and slightly cranky single women. You know, like all these episodes always open. It's like New York City, a place where a gal can get a drink or drink in the sights. <laughs> and I don't know what it was tonight, but it was like you might as well just reuse that. But, but we learn in a voiceover at the end of the episode that basically what we need to view this through the lens of is it's a Staten Island fairy tale. Yes. That's what this episode oh my is. Gosh, That's what I Carrie love that. says. You know, and so we we, yes. we open with the girls on the ferry to Staten Island talking about Staten Island. Carrie's wearing her big ass gold hoop earrings. She's wearing gold boots that we see later. Um, I have two things to say as we open. She's kind of basic. It's like she dressed for the party they were going to. Actually, now that you say that, she's kind of got a Ginny on the block thing. Yeah, yes. from the block. But from I feel like that was just the look in 2000. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. That was just the look. I think you're it right. Well, part, let's speaking of Carrie's look, she has her season three hair. Oh sure. Now and I, I I've I never love. been able. It's not huge fan. quite what it becomes later in season three, but yes. I've never been able to articulate exactly what it was that's they're, different about her hair this they're season. They're just bigger though. curls. They're bigger, looser curls. They're loopier curls. It's yeah. not quite rich girl hair yet. No. You know yes. what I'm saying? It's a, yeah. little, it's a little basic. It's a little basic. Okay Samantha's hair in this episode oh really bothers me. Why did, she, did like, she just pull it out of curlers and not oh do anything God. else to it? She's it's the wrong length. It's the wrong consistency. Oh, yeah, it's so if weird. you want to look like an old lady, just yes. wear your hair like Samantha does I'm pretty sure Ethel and I Love Lucy have the same hair. It's true. She looks like Curly Sue. It's not What okay. is that? A, she it's looks like weird. a bunch of pigs sat on her head and their little tails are just <laughs> sticking out. Yes. 
That's I don't really understand. It. Um, so they're 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 on their way to the New York City Firemen's Annual Calendar Competition. Yes. Yes. Which Carrie is going to be a, a a judge on yes. the panel, which is really yes. fun, and she's bringing the girls along with her. So they're all having conversations about Manhattan and how can an island that small hold all our ex boyfriends? Which is a great classic line. The dialogue it's so is so classic. good in this episode. MPK kills it with every single line yes. in this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, now what would we say, Arvon? Maybe you'll know the answer to this question. What would we say is the Los Angeles equivalent to Staten Island? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. Um, I would say I've never been there, but yeah. I hear tell of Riverside. Yeah. I've oh, been there. Riverside. I've been there. Yeah. And, and what's, the, what's, what's it like? Inland Empire, maybe. Yeah. Yes, Inland Empire just sounds like it would be well, the yeah. Staten Island. Well, yeah, the IE. People say it in the same way that people used to say Staten Island. It was in, <laughs> yeah. By the way, and I've never been in the Inland Empire, and quite frankly, the word empire just gives it sort of a grand yeah. sure. sort well, of like image in my mind. given Terrence Howard and everything well, that's happened. Yes. <laughs> Alec has been out with me to the IE many a time, because my father <laughs> and my stepmother live in Upland, uh-huh. which is right near Ontario, it's near Riverside, it's near all of those. It's it's near Rancho Cucamongo. Uh-huh. I don't know Cucamonga. what any of these oh, words mean. Me. I'm yeah. a recent transplant. Uh, Just oh, yeah. How long conti- have you been here? Two years. Ooh. Continue to appreciate that you don't well, know you what you're talking about. But I've been trying to get Alec out to, I think it might be in Riverside or Ontario, there is a drive-in theater. It's the closest one to here. And he's never been to a drive-in. Me neither. I've well, maybe it's a road trip time. Let's go. Ooh. That would be yeah. so fun. Yes. Especially there's some good blockbusters coming out. I feel are like there? Be perfect. No, there aren't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll go see Spy. Um, oh, oh yes. sure. How do we of think course. that's gonna go? I, I think I'm of two minds. Really, I'm of two minds. Uh-huh. One is it'll probably be a disaster. But the uh, but the other part of me, the child in me. By the way, we're who, talking about Jurassic Park, right? Yes. <laughs> um, the the other part of me, the child in me, says, you know what? Take get rid of that critical eye uh-huh. just for a moment yeah. and just go in and have fun. You don't always need to go. Ali, when we're marrying good, when it's rotten to me. That's what I try thing. to do every time someone remakes one of my favorite horror movies from the eighties. Yes, and it hasn't gone well. No. Yeah, but I, look, I think I think that if you just go in, it's a popcorn movie. Yeah. You know, Jurassic. Chris Park. Pratt is so cute and yeah. great. Yeah. I like do you think he can carry a movie, though? I don't know. We'll find We're out. We're about to find out. We are about, about to find, to find out, out right now. now. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, the world premiere <laughs> yeah. of Jurassic, Jurassic Park. <laughs> For some reason, we're debuting it on this podcast. Yeah, so don't ask questions. To. Thanks, Steven. Life uh, finds a way. Um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, oh, oh, I had a question for you guys. Okay, so, first of all, to your point, mm-hmm. Catherine. Yes, Alex. The, um... The, the whole event seems really fun. Like, that's a yeah. place that I would want to be and hang out. Have you guys ever been to something like that? Um, well, you know, I've been to the Abbey here. So, <laughs> yes. Of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, the dancers yeah. there are top-notch. It's like Cirque du Soleil. Oh, oh, I... It's amazing. Honey, I know. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Alex I mean, they has, are has had some true accidental talent. drunken moments at the Abbey. I mean, who has? I, I call them accidents. Right. <laughs> That's how you redeem yourself. Uh, you know what? Last time I was at the Abbey, I really appreciated that they... they, they of course, they had all the male dancers. 
They had female dancers. Yes, there is one. Yeah. Who I think is actually the most talented of them all. She was incredible. She really if you she don't live in Los Angeles it. or have not visited, the Abbey is one of the most popular good old gay hotspots. Yes. It is West the Hollywood. preeminent gay bar place to go. of Los Angeles. Yes. And, and I want to take this moment to say something about this about this episode and about John Slattery's character, the politician, mm-hmm. that um, you're reminding me of, Alec, by talking about your exploits at the Abbey, which is... There's all this bibbity-bobbity dialogue between Carrie and the guy. And, you know, he she's like, you gave that guy from Midtown a 7? Because they're judging 1 to 10, these firefighters who are dancing on stage. And he's like, what can I say? I like a firefighter with love handles. Or he says, I'm partial to cops or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I'm not every woman. I mean, I'm every... <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm not every... I can't speak for all women, but... For me, one of the most attractive things about any guy is an extreme secureness in their own sexuality and not being threatened by anyone sexually. Mm-hmm. And I, and for me, that is what is so charming. And I mean, John Slattery is so cute. But for me, like, if I were Carrie out in the world, that guy's winning. That guy's getting in my pants. Because yeah. he's, he's no... He's not... He doesn't feel the need to prove that he's straight. He's not... And anyway, that's what I love so much about Alec. Oh, Alec is the gayest straight guy I know. Thank you. And that's why I'm literally marrying. <laughs> Thank you. But Thank but you. I just I love that, and I love that that Carrie's okay with that. I mean, later Carrie will become a total cunt and like have a problem kissing Alanis Morissette, and we can talk about that when that time comes. And it, oh my gosh, yes. I will get I very it's upset so about fantastic. that. By the way, my friend Jane told me years ago. And I don't know if this is true, but I kind of trust her on this. That the word cunt is actually derived from the old English word for queen. I think really? It might be. That's what I've heard. Oh. I will choose to believe that. Well, you know what? I think Carrie was being an angle in that scene because she's three feet lower than a kind. So, Whoa, see next John Tuesday. Slattery, oh. John Slattery in this episode, he plays a politician. He's at this judging fireman competition with Carrie, and he's judging as well. A pre-madman, John Slattery, who's already white-haired. And already he, white-haired, but his skin looks so oh, smooth. Yes. Oh, I know. So smooth. He's Work. incredibly he charming. He's such you a know, good I actor. I saw him at the Equinox in, West, in the West Fuck Village. You. He is very flexible. Oh, oh very I'm flexible. sure he is. <gasps> yes. And he, um, he, is, he plays a politician. He's running for city comptroller, which is hilarious. I, I, I don't know what a comptroller <laughs> really does. I think they comptroll things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're they controlling everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, they don't pay for anything. I feel like. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, maybe it's like safety patrol. Did you guys do safety patrol <laughs> in elementary school? Patrol. What is that? I had a little orange belt. I okay, did too. Wait, hold on. Were you okay, a crossing guard? Is that let's what this change? Is? Kind of. Well, no. Um, so I'll share my what my safety patrol was, and then Alec can okay. share his. But when in my elementary school, when you were in the sixth grade, you were eligible to be on the safety patrol. I think teachers had to recommend you. There was an elite group of like twenty or thirty kids, and you had to go through a training process. It was like a like maybe two weeks, or maybe it was a week. Um, where I got a little, the look on your face is priceless right now. <laughs> I had, we had a binder where we had to learn, we had to memorize like the safety patrol motto. We, we had little orange belts that went around our waist 
and then went so up like a sash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you had to know, like, the pro- it was kind of military in a way because when you took off your little plastic belt, you had to fold it in exactly the right way. And it was like regulation. But what we did once we had our little belts on and were certified is we. We had rotating assignments, like we'd have to be in the loading zone in the morning to open the cars for for parents who were dropping their kids off. You hoping, good morning, how are you? Or we'd be in the hall in the hallway to telling people not to run. Or we'd be patrolling the library to make sure people were quiet. This is echoes of like the Nazi youth. Yeah, absolutely. It was Aryan nation. I'm feeling very Aryan. What was your safety patrol? Uh, I was in the fifth grade. Your safety um, controller. I was a safety patrol officer. I also had an orange sash. Oh. And um, I loved the sash, but I did not look good in orange. Um, (laughs) Sashay. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) My duties were to um, look. (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> I had to raise the flag. Oh, we um, did that too. I forgot. Yeah, that. and then at the, the American flag. Yes. Yeah, and at the end of the day, yes. I had to lower it and fold it. Wow. And um, I was like water fountain patrol, so mm-hmm. I stood by the water. Make sure kids didn't fountain. lick it. Well, I just had to be like, <laughs> move along. You're at the water fountain. Shut too up. Long. Mm-hmm. You know what that makes me think about? Uh, go on. In Legally Blonde, which by the way, by the way, by the way, Arvand, I came home the other day and Alec was sitting here by himself watching Legally Blonde. Of course, it's Robert Lucchetti's best American movie. Male. Yes, <laughs> but there's a moment towards the end of the movie where where uh, Elle Woods is waiting for it to get a drink of water from the oh, water fountain. Oh, then she notices Potashi. And he's she he he get cuts in front of her uh-huh. the guy who the pool guy who's saying that they had, he had an affair with Brooke. Right. And she's tap tap tapping her. She was like, get out of my way. And he goes, oh, don't stomp your little elastic and Prada shoes on me, huh? Uh, and she's like, these aren't last season. <gasps> he must be gay. gay. <laughs> Which, by the way, is so on point, but also offensive. Yes, yes. So on, on point. I see what you did there. I want to be horrified, but I can't be horrified. <laughs> it's a, you know? it's adorably insensitive. Yes. In the same way that in Back to the Future. When he's like, oh, the Libyans! And it's like this ridiculous <laughs> terrorist scenario that's oh, so man. adorably racist because oh. it was 1985. I love yes. that adorably racist. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing, right? Yeah. yeah, it is. It's it going to be the name of my autobiography. Adorably racist. <laughs> that's my epitaph, actually. Yeah. He was adorably racist. Yes. Um, um, so we're drinking our Staten Island iced teas. Okay, yes. what do you guys think is a Staten Island iced tea? I think it's a Long Island iced tea with maybe one ingredient change. It's just a but bunch of liquor. Right? What, what is that one ingredient, do you think? Well, okay, wait. Look, first of all, let's... Semen. <laughs> Firefighter semen. I need to get, get Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> let's all... What is in a, a Long Island iced tea? I, I think it's everything. It's like everything. Like all yeah. kinds of shit. It's all, I know rum is in it. all of the it. things. Rum's in it at some yeah, point. I don't know. I want to uh, barf just thinking about it. Can we look it up? I think yeah. like Orangina is in it. <laughs> that sounds like a good Orangina? <laughs> um... Mm. Yeah, do you, I know there's. Do, a, do you pas français? Oui. Do you speak? Really? Yes, mm, my goodness. Wait, do you have do you have dual citizenship? I do. I hate you. I didn't become a U.S. Do. citizen until I was a freshman in college. Wait, Wait a minute. Oh, oh my you god. Have to go through all the stuff. I did. <gasps> you can. And study. by the way, yes. I was such a dick about it the whole time. I was like, oh, this is so beneath me. This is such a waste of my so, time. You're like, I am an American. Yeah, I was like, oh, I just want to get through this. This yes. is so annoying. And then it got to the ceremony part. <gasps> And I was at the ceremony, and I was just sort of like tap tap tapping my last season Prada shoes, yeah. and this woman who was, must have been an octogenarian from the Ukraine, 
got up and she started crying and she said, I have been want I have been dreaming of becoming an American citizen since I was a little girl in Odessa. Wow. In the forties. Like and I was like, asshole. I am such a dick. Wow. I was like, this is a lifelong dream for millions of people around the world. Yeah. And it really was an incredible moment. Oh and my I wow. ever since then I haven't taken it for granted one time. That's yeah. really so every and every time I come back into the United States and they say and they say welcome home at immigration, I like I tear up a little bit. It's very... Oh, it's well, as if I needed a reason to like you more. Okay, are you ready for this Long Island Ice? <laughs> yeah, what's the rest? What's in it? Let's what's get to the, the real stuff. Like, who gets the shit about yeah, America? Let's get John. <laughs> this should be open, because it's civil rights. This is the 90s. Um, vodka, gin, white rum, white tequila, triple sec. Why can't it be white? squeezed. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Me? Wait a minute, slow down. What is, okay, so what this is, is it? I'm not sure if this is true of every single Long Island iced tea, but this is from the foodnetwork.com, so I'm going to trust okay. it. I Food trust Network it. says ice cubes, an ounce of vodka, uh-huh. an ounce of gin, uh-huh. one ounce white rum, why well, gotta be white, uh-huh. one ounce white tequila, why well, gotta be white, half an ounce of triple sec. I'm already, my tongue's already. The half there. was a theme in this. Right. Yeah, so it sometimes was. Sometimes a girl needs a half. Yeah. Two tablespoons freshly squeezed lemon juice, a okay. half a cup of cola, or however much you want to taste. Jesus Christ, two lemon so wedges, I guess so, on top. Yeah. I can tell you, in the history of Long Island iced teas, never has the lemon juice been fresh squeezed. No, okay? there is no way. Ever. There is no Ever. way. That was There's good. no way that's like artisanal fucking juice. <laughs> That's yeah, some douchebag with like yeah. a waxed yeah. mustache is making. <laughs> I love a Silver Lake oh, Long Island <laughs> iced tea. That was Food Network. Yeah. So if Paula Dean serves it to you, a slave gives it to you. No, well, with Paula Dean, we're gonna add a stick of butter to this Long Island iced tea. Yeah. I don't know how to top this fried cheesecake, y'all. So I guess it's time for me to sign off. And until next time, you know that I always send y'all love and best dishes. From my kitchen to yours. Yeah. Now, oh, y'all. Char- Charlotte says something at this party that I relate to to my core. Uh-huh. Charlotte says, we're too close to the stage. Can we please move back? It's embarrassing. And I, <laughs> I hate. I know this about you. Hate being at in the first row of anything. What? I absolutely I make him sit though it. in the front when we go see our friends' plays because I always want to be right up front. I'm with you. Screaming and cackling yes. and clapping no. for my best friends. I'm not having a good time until I'm in the front Forget row. Forget it. Here's what Alec doesn't like, and don't let me put words in your mouth, but I'm pretty sure it's because a lot, he feels too, here's what it is. Alec is an empath. He is too, he feels everything way too deeply and gets very embarrassed for other people if things aren't going well. And also, especially if a show involves like audience participation where they're like, Looking at the audience and asking people things and pointing, oh, and he God. gets look, the look on his face right now. I hate <laughs> audience participation. I can't handle it. I oh, fucking hate really? it. I hate it so much. It's like I'm here to watch you do something. I am not part of this. <laughs> we are not having a thing right now. He's a fan of the football. Except that when he's, yes. he is, but except that when he's on stage, and it hasn't. It's been a long time since I've seen him doing it. But when he's on stage doing it, um. Which making I love. people making people <laughs> laugh, it is symbiotic. You have to have that. The fourth wall can't be there. You have mm-hmm. to have people. There's there's an energy exchange, and I've seen you thrive off of it when it's when you're the one on stage performing. But but when it's the opposite, I remember. I remember freshman year of college, 
I, I saw a show that Catherine was in. I didn't know Catherine at the time. What show? But there was a show called Hair. Oh. Every the college musical? must do it. It's of mandatory. Course, yes. Yeah. And uh, I don't think we did a George show though. Oh well, aren't you special? We're not. Um, We're behind. So uh, the opening of the show was this guy who I know now and am friends with named Joe, and the first thing he does before the show even begins is he walks up to the front of the stage and he's like, hey, do you have change? Do you have any change? Oh, yeah. You got some money in your wallet? And, like, that I happen to be... That was part of the be, show, is he was, pick, he was asking people for change. I happen to be so in the front, scrub. and it's, like, it's so uncomfortable because it's, like, do you answer? Do you not answer? And everybody reacts to it differently, right? So, yeah. like, one person... Like, most people politely and awkwardly laugh, like... but some people will get in their pocket and like pull money out why do you think that is because because I hate because nobody knows what to do look society teaches you somebody's on stage don't speak to them that's you're not supposed to do that i'm not supposed to stand up in the middle of a show and go six semper tyrannis you know that's there's a there is a social boundary that exists i think that's a very recent development though don't you think the the boundary yeah i think the fourth wall is a very recent development oh really i think so i think it, because I of think... john wilkes booth because because he's six under tyrannus no and I mean if you if you like read about like performances at the globe when Shakespeare was around yeah it was all very interactive people constantly shouting and heckling and throwing and like it was very back and forth the groundlings yeah even in the time of you know Mozart and his operas and I mean there there was so much back and forth from what I understand I'm not a scholar but all of a sudden now there's been this whole you know, audience sits in silence and absorbs while people perform. Yeah. And, and part of me thinks that's not yes, really that's human. Right. That's not really yeah. human nature. Yeah. I yeah. think we want to get involved. And I think so much of what we see on stage is, is like the purpose of it is to get us excited about something or to get us thinking about something you just vocalized about something. I think yeah. that's why it's so why the internet is so alive now with pop with discussing pop culture is because we do want that even when it's film we go to our computers and go because we have to be talking to other people about how we feel about we've it. always wanted a forum for that kind of expression and if it's not in the auditorium then it's somewhere else yep well whatever's happening Join I'm in the back out. row okay <laughs> I'm in the back row and I'm enjoying it from a distance I can't uh, want to see a show I didn't come here to fucking spell well monologue. guess what the girls the girls in this episode came to see some sweaty pecs and they, they got did. what they wanted Carrie's flirting with the co-judge across a couple of people just flirting flirting um and and Miranda and and Charlotte are having a good time just like you know minding their themselves drinking their drinks and Samantha She's got her eyes on Ricky. Somebody special. Oh, His yeah. name is Ricky, oh, and he is, is by the way, the least hot of all the people that were on oh, stage. So, in that look, look, no he's question. Not, he's dad bod before dad bod was the thing. Oh, I yeah. He totally uh, dad bod it. I, I don't know. I'll play devil's advocate and say, like, we've had this discussion on Carry On before where I personally could never sleep with someone I didn't respect for their mind. Yeah. And Alec explained to me that boys are different and I think it's true. <laughs> I think it's true that boys, regardless of sexual orientation, are different because, or maybe that maybe it's not everyone's different, but Alec is like, but guys, if a girl's hot, who cares if she's smart when uh-huh. you're just fucking her? Yeah. And that's how Samantha feels about Ricky in this episode. But for me, like, I think he, like, I don't think he's got 
I don't think it's too bad a dad bod. And I don't, I think objectively his face is symmetrical and he's not a terrible looking person, but when he opens his mouth, he's dumber than a bag of hammers and I can't. Yes, well, he's, I can't do I, it. he's like dad bod. He, you know what he is? He's lucky fat. Where like the fat goes in the right places. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. It goes into the chest. It goes into the arms. Hashtag lucky fat. Lucky fat, baby. I think that's a thing now. Yeah, she's hitting he's lucky on him. Fat. She's like, what? I like your t-shirt. Where do I get that? And he's like, uh, yeah, you can buy them, but like, I don't know if you can buy them here or not. I got this one at work, but I'm sure you can buy them at those other places. I see him in those shops, like on Bleeko or like... Samantha! I don't know, I think you can buy it somewhere. You got a lot of the store, you get the buy the She's like, I wonder what month you'll be in the calendar. And he's like, I don't know, maybe October's more. I feel like that that's the kind of guy that came out of his mother's vagina with a hard hat on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. I, but the thing is, you know... If you're that guy, yeah. let's pretend we're this guy for a second. I'm really trying to uh, put myself in okay. his shoes. How do you not just be a fireman? I mean, yeah, you just you look are. like a fireman. I think you have to be. It's like if your name is Jeeves, you have to be a butler. Absolutely. Is that true? It's yeah, true. it's a requirement. It's it's a, a, if your name maybe is that's Jeeves. something they didn't teach you in America class. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. No, I think that's lesson one. But yeah. I feel like... I feel like they either did either he's like just a terrible actor or he's the greatest actor ever. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he's that's how so I feel about Jenny Ray Jones and Mad Men. Oh, yes, sure, oh, yes. I feel yes. that way. Absolutely. It's either she's a brilliant genius actor yes. or she's just the worst. A person yeah. talking words. Yeah, you know, yes. they say sometimes. Tell. I've gone to like major arguments with my friend Joey, especially about this. I'm of the mind that she's actually. A good Sitter. actor. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. But I'm in the minority on that. No, yeah. I don't think you are. But that's I'm neither okay. here nor there. Well, I other buy, people... I buy it hook, line, and sinker. I buy what she does. I'm picking up what she's putting down. On that I'm show. Fine. I think she's... Yeah. She's fucking Now, if you watch American Pie 2, she's fine. Oh, god. But I think she's great on Mad Men. Yeah. Well, we should, as no, research, American watch Wedding. X-Men First Class or whatever. I, it's been a while since I've seen that, but she's in that. Yes. I have to say, in this episode, what makes me very sad to know... Have you ever watched, Armand, any of the episodes on television when they're edited for TBS? No. Hilarious. Oh, TBS? Don't get me started. Yes, it's... So, for example, the Funky Spunk conversation is, like, maybe a four-minute tabletop scene where they're at brunch, and I think on television it lasts for, like, maybe 19 seconds because no. they just can't... They, they just can do it. She's like, I'm dating a guy with the funkiest tasting. Wow. <laughs> End of scene. Like, they can't. Da da da. Cuts are made, you know, a lot, quite often on television, cuts are made for because of sex. But this scene that we watch Charlotte, who's trashed, dancing yes. to disco music, like, and singing by herself, that goes on for quite a while. And those high-waisted jeans. Love, it's oh, so, so high-waisted. The mommiest so mom jeans. But so I chic. love that. I love that moment. It's one of my favorite moments of the entire series because they give her the space to do it. And she, Kristen Davis is so funny. But in the TV episode version, they cut that really short. They cut it out because they're trying to cut it for time for TV, but it makes me so sad because it's so, it's such a huge part of Charlotte for me. And there are people who exist in the world who've only ever seen Sex and the City in syndication on TBS who have never seen that moment. How sad for oh, them. I know. So sad. So unfortunate. Well, uh, uh, just to catch the listeners up real quick. So the four ladies go to this Staten Island fireman 
judging competition thing. And Carrie gets hit on by John Slattery, yes. who's playing a politician. He's very oh, charming. So charming. Samantha goes Sex. home with dumb, dumb fireman guy. <laughs> and uh, Charlotte gets wasted on these Staten Island iced teas. Now, there's something I want to say about when Charlotte is dancing by herself in her drunken stupor, which is, I, and this is a little bit of a generalization, but um, a, a lot of times people say that sometimes women have a hard time being funny because they have a hard time being vulnerable mm-hmm. in a way that makes them look unattractive silly. or dumb uh-huh, or silly. Uh-huh, yeah. And what I appreciate so much about this is that... Is that Kristen Davis looks really unattractive. No, she I'm just, just looks silly. <laughs> she, just she's kidding. knowing... No, absolutely. She has, she has the ability to be vulnerable in a different it's way. It's not a guarded silliness. She's not trying yeah. to still look pretty while she's being funny. Right. And do the girl version of funny. She's just funny. Yes, yeah. she's just I'm being funny. I'm with you on this. I also... Like when she Poughkeepsie's in her pants. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I don't know this for sure, but I feel like the camera was on um, Cynthia Nixon and Sarah Jessica Parker in their reaction shot of watching Charlotte dance. And that the shot was just going on for a long time. So Cynthia Nixon just started dancing. Yes. And that Sarah Jessica Parker did the same thing. And they just kept it in the show. But I don't think that they we're supposed to do that. I think that the, I think that they just did that at I the end of the show. Theories. I love that. That's my theory. That's my that's, little theory. I think that's fun. Yeah. So, uh, John Slattery's character, he's very into Carrie and she's just not having it. Even though he's endlessly charming. She's charmed. I was charmed she's not rebuffing him too much. She's not being mean. She's just She's charmed cautious. yet guarded. Yeah. Yes. Can we talk just briefly about and this just takes me back to yeah. a bygone era, Please. the Fendi baguette. Yes. I, you mentioned that during the... Please go on. Oh, I, my God. I, I was I not the Fendi softest, the, the softest part of my heart Yes. for the Fendi baguette. And Carrie yes. was carrying it. She was, she was, she was, I'm sorry, she was wearing she it. She was carrying... Oh, my God, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, she's wearing the bag. Um, and I when, was such a huge fan of that bag. How long did that trend last? It lasted for several years. Mm. Okay. And I think that it's well due for a comeback. Yeah. Um, it's vintage at this point. It really yeah. is. And the Fendi baguette makes its big, big day, you know, sort of like big splash on the show when they're in Los Angeles. And Samantha decides oh, she course. wants the gold one, but doesn't want to pay full price for the real one. That's and then right. buys one out of a tr- and someone's then trunk. And then a playmate yeah. yes. of stealing yes. it and embarrasses herself and gets kicked out yes. of the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. Woo! Uh, Woo! Yes. Um, uh, I feel... You're right. It's been a while since those have been a point of discussion. But and it just took me back to a simpler time. It, that makes me what? really happy. It and we haven't talked much time. about the fashions in this episode. We always oh, God. That, well, so. can we talk about Cynthia Nixon's black leather matrix coat <laughs> she's wearing oh, when wow. she's being led out she's of the doctor's office after she has her, her <laughs> surgery? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, it's fucking Neo. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the time people were loving oh, that, yeah. like, black I, I want to talk about look. Samantha's, okay, if we're talking about fashion, the, the only other thing besides Carrie's golden boots and her uh. big gold hoop earrings that really stuck out for me in this episode were was Samantha's outfit at the bar in that <gasps> first scene where she was wearing this green, like, like metallic sparkles, um, halter-ish, Sort of, you know, definitely with sleeveless with a keyhole in the front. Out, yeah. And then, like, a leopard 
skirt that had like some metallic detail. It was a hot fucking mess. I mean, I just feel like that was like Patricia Field and her Ethel Merman really here. trying yeah. to like sort of figure shit out. Yeah, we'll I forgive mean, her. She'll take yes. a chance, girl. And maybe and she, you know what? Maybe she didn't have the budget at the time that she did in the subsequent well, seasons. Well, that's true. And maybe yeah, maybe you it know? hadn't become kind of like the cultural centerpiece that it had. Yeah. I felt like Samantha's outfit was an alternate for like a Britney Spears "Sometimes I Run" mm. music video, or like a <laughs> Jessica Simpson music video where Jessica yeah. that time when Jessica Simpson was trying to do the things that Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears. And and it was not. I mean, bless her heart. She's well, great. she's richer than creases. Now, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. She's oh. fine. Based yeah, her no. shoe line. But and then speaking of fashion, there was that whole reference to Samantha's Burberry coat, which was the <gasps> classic Burberry plaid. She yes. said, "Oh, she says which like no Charlotte one would be caught dead in now, her. but back then it was a huge thing." Oh. Huge. Yeah. Yes. That I, I remember seeing Burberry on campus in college. It's interesting what's happened to Burberry now, which is kind of like they've had to go. They've had to really like ditch the whole plaid thing because I think it sort of beca- it became so like a it hood rich kind of thing. Yeah. And what in London they would call, what was West? What was that show? Uh, on, the only way is Essex. Essex, oh, yes, yeah. yes. Oh, were they bejazzled? The yeah. Bejazzled. And everything was plaid. Everything was That's Burberry right. plaid. Yes. Oh, and wow. I think after that, they has sort of had to like take a break from it. Arvon, let me ask you a question. Please. Charlotte, uh, I'm sorry, Carrie says to um, Cynthia Nixon... That's right. She says it to <laughs> Cynthia Nixon. She says, um, I don't know about this politician. He's way too the guy. She says, he's way too I'm the guy. Yeah, he's yeah. way too I'm the guy. She's a weird Have you guys. ever pursued or have you ever been pursued by somebody who you would say was way too I'm the guy? Sadly not, Does but I would love to. I'm way too, like he's way too, he way too much knows he's the guy for her? Is that what she's trying no, to say? No, I think he just gives too many thumbs up. Oh yeah, Yeah, sure. lots of thumbs up. I did not have sexual relations. <laughs> oh wow, so how 1998 of you. Oh You're gosh. welcome. This really does take me back. I mean, what is, what is a I'm I'm the guy guy? Is it a very confident, very just? It's someone who thinks that you are a foregone conclusion. Mm. Not to be too Rene Russo in Thomas Crown Affair. <laughs> Always be Rene Russo. In That's Alex's number one dream woman. I can't are believe you, you just made that reference. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yes. When she shows up to the black and white party and she's wearing a splash of red. Yeah. Says this was black and white party. She's like, well, I wasn't invited anyway. I died. Yes. Died. Passed yeah. away. Didn't yes. you love that movie? Wasn't I, that I love the Times Crown. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's so great. From beginning to end, it's the most delicious yes. film. But I'd prefer Rene Russo as Superman's mother if we're going to choose oh, a Rene Russo. Okay. No. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, I would never no. choose that Rene Russo. I'd never choose anything from that movie. I would choose to delete that movie from I don't know. Henry Cavill, I still get more. Henry Cavill is a very attractive man. I wasn't, I wasn't mad watching him on television. Oh my god! I mean, on the move in the movie. Yeah. I saw that movie. Oh, I was mad, but Phil, I'm not. Yeah. I feel like he's from the Isle of Jersey. He's is from he one really? of those like weird isles. Oh, it, um, the Isle of Lewis or something like that. Yeah. He's from one of those isles. Clean up an Isle Henry. <laughs> Clean up an Isle Arvin. Isle Newbar is that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Don't run into a T-Rex there. Hello. Um, Okay, so back to the episode. So so let's get us out of that bar. The girls... Yeah, Charlotte, I... I, She's on the ferry. Actually, that was a good transition. Yeah. Because 
what what they've done here, and when I say they, I mean the writers' room of Sex and the City. That was so clever is they set up the season arc for Charlotte in this episode. She uh-huh. went, she says, "I'm gonna get married this year." Yeah, and you know what? She does get married this year. Is that true? She does? Yeah, she gets wow. married to Trey in season three. Oh my of god, the show. Really? Is season yeah. three. Oh my word! Wow. Yeah. So Carrie meets Aiden in this season and mm-hmm. cheats on him in this season. Yeah, so, yeah. so much. And happens. ends the relationship. Yeah. Wow. That's the season nice. three to me, season three is like that's when people start talking about sex yes. in the city. Yes. Season two, season one, like nobody talks about stuff that happens then. But season three, the Aiden of it, the big of it, uh, the tray I don't know. You of liked it. the episode where Carrie farts. Well, that episode's hilarious, but um, but but nobody talks about it. And the girls are all very, they're all very centered in who they are. They know, we know, the writers know who they are. Nobody's confused anymore. And they're all firing at all cylinders in this episode. Every single one of the girls is doing exactly what they're meant to be and do. Par exemple, in this episode, uh, Samantha so funny with the physical sex comedy that she's so she's just she's brilliant amazing she's brilliant at the sex comedy so in the scene where she and the fireman are having sex the first her scene fantasy. Yeah. yeah the she first goes scene. to the firehouse and she's no not like, that scene the, oh. the scene where they're just in the bed and oh. she's, and she's screaming. Yes. yeah she's screaming like oh. a fire engine yes oh I'm sorry, wait, was that... That was very operatic. Was that me That was like Maria my, Callas having sex. Was that me yeah. doing my snatch game of... Um, <laughs> a little Richard. A little Richard. A little Richard. <laughs> <laughs> That's when Kennedy won me over. Yes. Truly. But, no, I agree with you. It's he's, he's railroading her and then, like, flips her leg over and she, she lifts the voice up into the high tones of a fire engine and that is what Sex and yeah. the City is all about. That is what Samantha's wild sexcapades are all about and that's when she's at that's her best. Right. I believe the official fire department term is a four-alarmer. And the women, the women, we find them in the coffee house and, and the theme of their coffee house conversation is women just want to be Rescued. Next morning at breakfast, Miranda and I wanted poached eggs, Samantha wanted to give us the juicy details, and Charlotte wanted to keep her head from exploding all over her Burberry raincoat. And I'm telling you, I don't think a guy has ever gotten me that wet. That's salt. Milk? Ladies, let me tell you about his cock. Maybe quiet. People at the next table have a child. Well, that's their choice. You know, little Miss Hangar was right. Can we uh, lighten up on the cock talk till cocktail time? Fine. I just wanted to let you know that my fireman was every bit the fantasy I had in mind. New York's finest. That's cops. Whatever. I think it's wrong to sleep with a man just to fulfill a certain fantasy. Please, all the men we sleep with fulfill a certain fantasy. Or a nightmare. You fantasize a man with a Park Avenue apartment and a nice big stock portfolio. For me, it's a fireman with a nice big hose. And why are firemen always so fucking cute? Mm. Even when they're not that cute, they're still cute. What's up with that? Well, first, there's a weight limit. And second, it's the hero thing. You know, you see him up on that truck. Uh, that truck is hot. Hurrying off to save someone trapped on a burning ledge or something. Plus, they've got that I'm a good guy look in their eyes. It's that look. Mm. It's because women really just want to be rescued. There it was. The sentence, independent single women in their 30s are never supposed to think, let alone say out loud. I'm sorry, but it's true. I've been dating since I was 15. I'm exhausted. Where is he? Who, the white knight? That only happens in fairy tales. My hair hurts. Charlotte, honey, 
Did you ever think that maybe we're the white knights and we're the ones that have to save ourselves? That is so depressing. And what do we think about that? Um, I think it's a load of crap. Yeah. Quite frankly. Yeah. Um, Not for all women. Perhaps. But I think that it was, it didn't, like, of all the, like, in terms of as far as themes go in Sex and the City episodes, this one was one of the weaker ones for me. Yeah. Well, it is, it is, uh, not to be a social justice warrior, but it is slightly patriarchal as compared to many of the other I would argue, though, I think we have to remember, number one, um, as a, as the only person with a vagina here. I will say, oh, girl. Caitlyn Jenner. She's keeping hers. I do think that, um, I think they handle it well because they do say, when Charlotte says girls just want to be rescued or whatever, the girls have a moment and there's a voiceover where it's like, that's the thing that single women in their 30s aren't supposed to say. And I think they handle it well and they ride that line because I do think that some women do feel that way even in 2015. I would posit that. Also, we have to remember that this show, per our previous conversation, is speaking to women who maybe aren't 100% um, or an audience that's maybe still feeling these kinds of things out. And you can't throw too much at people where they're not feeling like they identify with it. It's like what we were talking about in that episode where Carrie's gay friends ask her for her over for her eggs mm-hmm. to have a kid. And I feel like that's the episode we talked about it where the, they're, the guys are over the top gay and we're yeah. kind of like, uh, or, or maybe it was an episode with Stanford being fucking ridiculous where we were like, okay, but this is broadcasting to middle America and some of the characters are saying things that we find problematic now, but part of it is it was 99, 2000. And part right. of it is you have to have someone speaking for the audience and giving them something to hang on to and go, oh, okay, I get that. Oh, they're kind of making fun. Like, they're, they're, if a character on screen is like commenting on someone being really gay or being really flamboyant or something and voicing the unpopular opinion, they, and then comes around, the audience can take that journey with them. Right. I, yeah, I, what I'm trying to, I guess what I'm trying to say is if they're, if the girls are, are saying something that's really problematic to us, in some ways, maybe the audience that, that they're, that is someone in Iowa is watching this going like, I have felt that way, but then, you know, vicariously living through the rest of the seasons of the show and, Starting to feel more independent as the girls do, or something. I may be reaching, and maybe it's just problematic. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you're reaching. I think, though, part of the problem I had with the theme of this episode was they're being rescued from what? Right. Right. There was never that, that like, no one ever answered that question for me. Girls just want to be rescued? Okay, fine. Or they want to rescue themselves? Fine. But from what? Right. From... Is it from singledom? Is it from themselves? Is it from. Right. Other men, like That's I don't understand. Question. Like that was never answered for me. What, they like, they are they being rescued that. from being stranded on Staten Island? Like Harry well, was the right. episode. Right. Or, they like, don't. They don't answer that in this episode. But there's an episode a couple of a couple from now where, um, they're re- where Carrie reads their the wedding announcement of Big and Natasha, and they're talking about the girls where it's like until recently the bride worked at Ogilvy and whatever, and they're having this conversation about how these women like get married and then quit their jobs. And I wonder if they're implying, like, be so rescued they're, from they're having being, to be in the, like, having to support themselves. So they're being know. rescued from, like, financial and professional Maybe. independence? Yes. Yeah. I well, possibly. I mean, look, I, if, I, if I had to guess, uh, 
there are times when all of us want to not have the responsibility of just being an adult or uh-huh. having to take care of ourselves. And, you know, for Charlotte, maybe that is a part of what she's going through that she ultimately realizes is not what she wants. Like she quits her job later when she's married to Trey. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, Oh, I don't know if this was the right decision for me. So, you know, if I'm looking ahead and trying to make sense of this, maybe it's just that Charlotte, you know, is, has this fairy tale idea of like, you get married and then I don't have to worry anymore. I don't have to worry about paying rent. I don't have to worry about the kind of person I'm going to be or what life I'm going to have because it's all going to make sense when I'm going to marry. And that's how I'm getting rescued. Not necessarily as a damsel in distress, but when I'm married, it all suddenly makes sense. Like if I find the person that society like approves of, then I'm being, I'm rescued from having to carve my own path or something. I don't yeah. know. So, um, so, Miranda. Let's talk about Miranda uh-huh. for a second here. So, Miranda is going to get LASIK eye surgery. Yes. It's so simple. It's just like peeling the tip off a grape or whatever. And she doesn't need help from yeah. anybody. And She's a strong You know what? She's, she doesn't need anybody to hold her She's hand. She's an independent fine. woman. She's she don't afraid. need no man. No. But... She does need someone. What what do you do with an independent person? How do you challenge them? How do you put them in a situation that's going to make them uncomfortable? What you do is you put them in a situation where they actually need someone right. for a legitimate you're speaking reason. Speaking from like the writer's perspective of like we have to we have to force Miranda into yeah. the situation. Yeah. How do you force someone into learning a lesson? And in this episode, They've so cleverly, and by they, I mean Michael Patrick King and his staff, have decided that they're going to make her get a surgery that requires that somebody pick her up and take her home. I like how our doctor schools her. He's like, no, you'll be sedated. You'll be able to <laughs> yeah. see. You need someone. And what I what I love about this, and they just so know this character, because even though Steve... Who they're kind of dating. We they like they rehash in this episode that they haven't really solidified exactly what their relationship is. That he offers to pick her up in his so Steve Brady help. way. That's just I, love I mean he's like Steve a puppy. So much. I mean you just want to like you want to hug him. Love her. And then they slit your eyeball open and flip up the top. Oh man, gross. Steve, it just flips right up. Flip my eye. Okay, okay, stops. This little blade. Cuts in. Just like the top of a grape. <laughs> that sounds pretty bad. Am I going down and hold your hand? I'm fine. I do not need anyone to hold my hand. Jeez, I'm not saying you need anyone. I just like to be there. You need to help you, whatever. You're gonna need help getting home. Um, yeah. I'm gonna ask Carrie. Why do you have to ask Carrie what I'm offering right now? Because, you know, Carrie's my friend. Oh, okay, and what am I? Well, we haven't exactly established that yet. Are you coming up? Uh, we haven't exactly established that yet. What are we doing here? I mean, are we... Steve, after they flip the eye up, 
And these jets of blood. And he offers, and, and she says, I'll just ask Carrie. And he has got a great rebuttal, which is like, why ask her when I've already offered yeah. to take you home? I feel like you and I have had these very conversations. Oh, yeah. I, well, I, the question <laughs> I was going to ask the group, but I don't really need to, is like, have you ever dated somebody prideful? And Catherine <laughs> is very prideful. She's got a lot of pride. Uh-huh. And you just have to kind of like read through it. Well, how do you navigate that? Well, um, you... He tricks me. You have sometimes. to manipulate them. Do you he get, psychologically manipulates does me he make, yeah. Does he make you get LASIK eye surgery once a year? Yeah. <laughs> I, I often sit and go, I like, see how just can fine. I... <laughs> um, but, you know, I I think Steve handled it perfectly. He did. Which he is great. just like... He always handles Miranda perfectly. In these kind of situations, you have to just joke through it. Like, you just have yeah. to... You have okay, to get you want to sleep person. in your shoes? Fine. I do want to point one thing out, yeah. which is that... Oh, and, and to wrap that up, Miranda wakes up the next morning. Like, he gets her home and gets her into bed, and he wakes her up. He w- She wakes up, and he's sleeping next to her, and she finds that really adorable, and I love that. It's a sweet moment. But yes. I have to point out something that kind of breeze past that I just want to point out, which is Carrie... I love Carrie. I identify with Carrie so much. She's a fucking cunt. In this episode, because she, Miranda asks Carrie to be with her after her eye surgery. And then the voiceover is that, oh, I I couldn't come to Miranda's eye appointment because of a looming deadline. You fucking bitch. (laughs) Yeah. You agreed to do this thing. And now, and I get it, like, it, it was convenient for the episode because, but she, he goes, you're right is here. And she goes, Carrie, she didn't even tell Miranda before surgery that she wasn't going to be the one to pick her up? This seems That's like a, a bad precursor friend. to her sending Aiden to go peel Miranda's naked fucking vagina off the floor when she throws her neck out. Yeah. I'm sorry. I love Carrie, but this is a shit move. Yes, I... You take care I'm of your shit. You're agree. an adult. Get your ass off the street. You don't need to be going and buying Jimmy Choo's. You need to be staying on your deadline. That's all. So let's talk about Carrie, Charlotte for a come second. Come on, Carrie. Show up for your friends. Oh, wait, that's the whole nature of a laptop. It's mobile. Yeah, exactly. Just do it. How long does it take you to get her your friend home? Are you gonna take an hour out of your day to get her home? Carrie, I'm just saying that was a dick move. Yes. Um, Carrie, your dick. So Charlotte, she have she thinks she may have found her man to rescue her in this investment banker. When, when uh, Charlotte and Carrie go out to a bar, they're doing a little trolling for men. Uh, this J.J. Flabby character comes up and calls her Sweet Lips and is very persistent about buying her a drink. And this, uh, this investment bank banker comes over, uh, Zachary Ty Bryan from Home Improvement. <laughs> he does oh look like Zachary Oh, my God. Do you think Zachary Ty Bryan was just Zachary Bryan and then Jonathan Taylor Thomas blew up and he was like, I gotta have a third name. (laughs) I have to have a third name too. Uh, That also makes me think of Thomas Ian Nicholas. Uh, Oh, of course. The fuck is that? Oh, you know who he is. He was in American Pie. He's Tara Reid's boyfriend in American Pie. Nice second guy. American Pie reference. Thank you. And, wow. and I know from Tiger Beat, and you know, because I read that back in the day, that Thomas Ian Nicholas had a band called the Tin Men. Thomas Ian Nicholas. Oh, oh, oh shit. Where is he now? Yeah, exactly. Oh, let's go to a Tin Man reunion. Let's not. 
<laughs> yeah, let's skip it. Um, <laughs> so we have a looming dead now. Right. Um, Sorry, we'll, we'll send Steve. <laughs> um, so uh, Zachary Ty Bryan. Uh, who's got great 90s flop hair. That yes, was like the era of flop and hair. And he's got like that amazing four-button suit that almost buttons up to like the <laughs> knot of his tie. Yeah. I was like, it looks like an NBA suit. Yes. Like, I was like, what the fuck is he wearing? That's yes. exactly right. He's also got like thick neck. He's like he fat does. skinny. Yeah. Yes. yes. Right? Yeah. So He was fit just three years before. That's right. Yes. And then he started really getting into investment banking and it all went That's to right. Shit. He's yeah. lucky that. He went to Harvard yeah. or whatever. He did. Yeah. He did go to Harvard. So he seems like he's the perfect winning. package because he was he white knighted Charlotte and punched JJ out when he was when he was hitting on her She's and like, not this giving is up. The guy. Yeah. And they're having this lovely conversation. And then um, some schmo bumps into Charlotte accidentally, and Zachary Ty Brian just gets all his JTT aggression out <laughs> on this other guy and punches him out. And there was a line that I wrote down because Arvon, you laughed really hard at it, and I figured I should probably write this down, which uh, is when Zachary Ty Brian is about to punch out the other guy, he says, "Lighten up, it's brunch." He likes starting fights with people. He yeah. doesn't want to fight. Yeah. He's just full of testosterone. Yeah. Um, and so just to, to wrap up the episode, um, John Slattery, uh, his politician character, is so charming. And he, you know, he finds Carrie on the street with her Jimmy Choo's and he's asking her to this little political event. And she's not saying yes. She's being cagey. And we, the audience, understand that it's because of Big and it's because that of that relationship. And uh, But Carrie can't bring herself to say it. So she has to get Miranda to say it for her. And Miranda says the thing that Carrie hasn't been, art- hasn't been able to articulate, which is, you're afraid of getting hurt again. Yeah. And for whatever reason... Hearing someone else say it to her out loud... Hearing someone says it allows Carrie to say, you know what, this is ridiculous. You can't just live your whole life being afraid of love. Life is too short, Mm -hmm. and that dress is too perfect. And those Jimmy shoes are too new not to take out into the world. That coat that totally looks like snow. Yep. So she shows up in Staten Island again to the party where John Slattery is, and... We've mentioned this on the show before, but, you know, Samantha gets a lot of the comedy, the sex comedy. Yeah. Um, and and but the three other girls usually get most of the sexual stuff. But it was interesting in this episode, you don't usually see uh, Carrie get hot and bothered, Ooh. as it were. But you saw a little bit of her Yeah, their making out up. was, like, kind of making me a little misty in my downtown. Yeah. <laughs> flooding your basement. Yeah, yeah exactly. Thank you, Ginger <laughs> Um And so that that was kind of interesting. Yes, You don't agreed. often see it. Yes. And, um, it's always a treat because SJP does a real good passionate kiss better than most people. She does. Yeah. She, I think. She and John Slattery had great chemistry. Oh, girl. However, I mean, here's the thing. John Slattery, if he were 
any different looking if you were not as cute or as charming. Yeah. Everything that he did in this episode was like code one stalker level. Yeah, kind of gross. Like, like dad showing up on her fucking weirdo. stoop. Yes. Like st- waiting in a car outside, yes. calling her, leaving a lengthy voicemail. Yeah. Totally like, pulls it all off, of those things. Like all those elements are like. Stalker, stalker, stalker. Oh my god. Yeah, you're right. You could, you could just factually describe those things to someone who goes, yeah. This guy showed up and waited below my yeah. window yeah. for yeah. an hour. It's yeah. like recutting Mrs. Doubtfire as a horror movie. Yes. I mean, trailer. the first night they meet, he's asking her which district she votes in, what her number what's is, what's address? her address, which was, by the way, oh, 245 East, East 73rd Street. Fun Ooh. fact. Uh, someone asked me that trivia question, I think, on a previous episode of Carry On, because we have a little Sex and the City trivia, and I got it right. Oh, my God. So, uh, you you bring up a really good point, and actually, your point um, was made in Mad Men in this last season. Essentially, if you remember the episode where the guy... Uh, fucks up with the company and he asks Don for advice and he's like, Don, what did you do? Right. And oh, Don's no. like, you know, I said something like, how dare you, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The guy uses that and it doesn't work. Oh, uh-huh. yes. And Don, and the point basically is, it's Don not got away with it. It's the person who's delivering That's it. That's correct. Exactly. And that's not the John Slattery point. Off. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I bet you if I tried that, I'd be in Guantanamo. <laughs> <laughs> so, like that's okay, oh, that was at my building. Before I forget, <laughs> by the way, um, yeah. back to Miranda for literally 10 seconds, I noticed that the numbers she wrote down for herself that she had written giant, like on, so she could see them on note cards yes. so she could call whatever she needed to call. Did you notice that one of them was Shanghai Garden? Yeah, which of from that episode where she calls and she's like, "Call the noodle brown rice, Shanghai Garden," and then girl, she goes down to confront the phone yeah. girl at Shanghai Garden because she's like, ah, "Every night the same." And she feels like the girl's judging her, and she goes out and she realizes that it's just a happy girl who just uh, yeah. yes. Anyway. Way back here, she already loves Shanghai Garden. And I love it. It's setting the stage. And I never noticed that. And I just they were the setting up Miranda's season three arc. Quite frankly, if Miranda was ordering from Shanghai Garden that frequently, she would have the number memorized. She oh, probably she should. Just or it'd be on her speed dial like exactly. Miranda was on Carrie's. Yeah. Um, so in the end, uh, Carrie works up the courage to go to the Staten Island party. They get hot and heavy. And like Cinderella, there's That's a certain right. time that she, at, by midnight, she's got to catch that last ferry. And you know what? She misses it. Oh, and, yeah. she loses and she her loses chew. her shoe. Her shoe. <laughs> her chew. I lost my chew. And there's John Slattery to pick her up and say, Like magic day. or right. a stalker. <laughs> and, and those late 97 series BMWs, which I still oh. have a fondness for. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were gorgeous. Yeah. They were just gorgeous. absolutely gorgeous. The Sunshine State. Denver. <laughs> The Sunshine State. Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, sometimes at the end of the episodes we ask, 15 years later, do you feel like it holds up? Do you feel like it still works? Absolutely. It does. I think right? it really does. Absolutely. I think... That- <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. Yeah, it I think does, it does. I think right? the themes are still pertinent. Yeah. I think that, I mean, the fashions don't hold up. That's for damn sure. No, no, they don't. <laughs> they, there's uh, a Samantha line in this oh. that I wrote down that sometimes 
the lines are so on the nose that yeah. they're not they're not even puns. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? It's yeah. like what even is that? What was the line? Nice pull. Want to see it again? Uh, what does that even mean? What does that mean? She slides down the pole and says, the nice pole. pole. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Uh-huh. That alone. Yeah, sure, nice of course. Pole. Okay. It was great. But nice pole, want to see, see it again? again? Wanna I guess she should have said, want to see me write it again? Yes. That, that You fixed works. it. Yes. That's a So you hear that, Michael Patrick King? Yeah. You fixed it. Fuck yeah. you, MPK. Just kidding. <laughs> I worship the quick Sandy Walker. <laughs> um... Another, oh, I was just going to share two of my favorite Samantha lines, yes. which were, I'd like to show him my lower, lower Manhattan. Manhattan. <laughs> and, hello, 911, I'm, I'm on, on fire. fire. Come on. <laughs> we got everything from every character we needed this That's episode. That's true. That, that, that big panning shot of Samantha getting fucked. Yeah, that shot is Did you ever notice there was something really gnarly about Samantha's tooth for about half that episode? No, but I wish oh, you pointed it out. Like, like her left incisor, I feel like, was there was something weird going on. Maybe she oh, was no. turning into a vampire. I don't know. Oh, no. I'm going to check that out. Lately. Take a screenshot. Yes. Yeah. I will have to rewatch that and yeah. notice. Arvond, it was so nice having you. It was so was nice to be a part fun? of it. It yeah, was too you much were, fun. You exceeded my expectations. Really? I thought you'd be great and super fun, but wow. Yeah. I think our listeners will agree. Yeah. Uh, you should tweet oh, us and tell us what you think about Speaking Arvon. of listeners, we did have a new review. I didn't know. We oh, can do we that on the did? next episode if no, you want. No, we but, must. Um, Let me see. We like to shout it. out to the people who. Um, where do give I us, go for that? Uh, just iTunes. Uh, iTunes reviews. We'll edit this part. <laughs> do I go to the store? And just uh, I think you can. Yeah, or I can do it here, actually. Um, oh, yeah, I had it up so that we could use it. Um, Why is oh I uh, changed that? See. Why not snap different? It's this one from May 3rd. Okay, so we want to do a quick shout out uh, to our fans, the people who review. So we just got a new review, uh, May 3rd, from Zaza Zan. Uh, much Zaza like Zaza Zoo. Zoo. Um, so, Catherine, do you want to you read that? Uh, sure. They say, hey, guys, I just want to say I love this show. I would like to call myself a Sex and the City fanatic, as I've seen every episode of both the movies. And I still go back and watch the episodes randomly. Even though I've seen every episode, I still laugh out loud at the same jokes. Girl, I know. Uh, first off, come on, all, come all, ye faithful three-part harmonies. <laughs> oh, yes. Aron, I don't know if you, uh, you probably didn't hear this episode, but yes, I think we did break into three-part yes, harmonies sure. uh, in that episode. I literally died, they said, with cry face emojis. Four um, of them. Four of them. Second, I love yeah. <laughs> Second, I love this jazz rendition of the opening. Nice twist. Um, I guess that's our opening credit, our opening theme song. I do love that. Uh huh. Third, I know you guys are big fans, so I'm very anxious to hear your opinions of the Aiden era. We're about to get into it. Um, my personal favorite season is season four, although it's still an internal battle between season three because Big is more involved. I just think season four was so elevated. What's your fave? Fourthly, LOL. I totally agree with Miss Nixon is the best. Keep doing your thing. You guys are hilarious and you make my day. Azandria? Azandria? Well. Thanks so much, Azandria. I, I am excited to get into Aiden's stuff too because I think we'll be 
a podcast divided in some ways because we'll have probably have Matthew and Daniel on a lot who have strong opinions about Big and about Aiden, especially mm-hmm. about Aiden. Mm-hmm. And um, what are your thoughts, Arvon, between be Big fun. and Aiden? Aiden Dud. I'm sorry, I can't. Dud. I just can't with him. He lives mm-hmm. in a fucking shack and he likes <laughs> furniture. <laughs> He's just so dull. I'm oh, sorry, man. I can't with him. I really, I just know. Arvon, you must simply learn to have an opinion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's funny. I, you know, I'm, I'm generally just so as as Andrea. Just so you know, before we get into those episodes. I'm personally of the opinion, I think, I love John Corbett, I really do, um, uh, and I, I love, I think I understand what Aiden represents for Carrie, and Which I love what, what he think? represents. Um. A certain down-to-earthness. Yeah. Yeah. Which Carrie yeah. is, um, Carrie's just a little too complicated, he's too, he's a little too simple, he yeah. doesn't, Aiden is not a complicated person. No. And she, Carrie, is, and I think she kind of needs someone who's a little complex, and Aiden is simple and loving and warm and earthy, and I can appreciate falling in love with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't think he's right, the right one for her, and I think other people would argue that, that he is. But um, but I do love him. I just don't think they're right for each other. But I, I, I do also totally understand when people are like, Ew, what is up with his hair and his weird turquoise rings? And they even mention it later on the show. Like, I totally get when people are weirded out. But um, but I like John Corbett. He's the voice of Walgreens right now. You can't be mad at him. Really? Oh, my God. Any Walgreens oh, commercial yeah. you hear right now, it's oh, all John Corbett. You yeah. know dude's getting paid. Yes, yes, paid. yes Mama. I, I, yes, Mama. <laughs> I know that Just Off Mike is like a huge golden retriever, too. Whenever yes, of has. course. Oh that's why they hired him, because that's what you feel <laughs> yeah. when you hear him. You feel like a fireplace sitting in an Adirondack chair he just built. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know. <laughs> All right, save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll have Arvon back. Uh, I oh, can't wait to be back. Okay, oh, good. thank you. Um, well, thank you so much, and uh, until next time, carry, carry on. on.